everybody. Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the podcast where we talk everything creepy and crimey. Spooky and ooky. Um, you've put me and on the spot. <laughs> well, also, pause, because if you don't like creepy and crimey, here's your chance to take a detour. Do that mm-hmm. U-turn. We mean it. <laughs> And if you don't like tangents either. Yeah, we can't. I mean, it just is what it is. <laughs> uh, it, uh-huh. it, I mean, it, yeah, it just is what it is. I don't know. I mean, we're just two neighbors having a chat. It's going to happen. Speaking of tangents, um, and today, <laughs> let me let me think about... Well, the podcast is always not safe for work. I mean, if you're working from home, use your own discretion. I mean, I don't think your dog cares, but, you know, if you have, like, shorties around who you don't want to pick up new phrases, um, you might want to throw in some headphones. But I'm trying to think, is today, do I need any triggery content for today? I don't think anything super specific. Hopefully I won't have to eat my words there. <laughs> okay. Sounds I was good. Re- I was reflecting because it's a compilation of things. And so I'm like, mm. oh, okay. If you get, if you're somebody who gets grossed out super easy, when I get to the forensics part, maybe do something else <laughs> listen to our back catalog um there you go do you have any creepy corrections conclusions clarifications you know what i'm gonna be honest it's a we have a pandemic mm-hmm. and routine's not really my best skill to begin with mm-hmm. and so i used to listen to it on my way to work to make sure there were no creepy corrections or conclusions. Is that right? Whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, my commute is 10 feet. So right. I'm a little out of my routine. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Maybe. I promise I'll listen and <laughs> give some. I like that. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> really late corrections if needed later. Um, I do, I have one correction. Um, I said last episode that Karana had sent us a YouTube video of a music artist who was, um, singing a mask wearing song. Uh, it was not Karana. It was Danny. So sorry, Danny. I am, I'm just empty headed sometimes. Uh, and I'm like, we have so many fans. I get them all mixed up. That's not true. I just. (laughs) Danny, she's deeply sorry. I just did a whoopsie. Um, and the recording artist, his name is, um, Scott Hoying, H-O-Y-I-N-G. If anyone wants to look him up, he, he's part of the group Pentatonix. And that was his personal Instagram that he posted that mask thing on. So it's. Very funny if you want to go look that up. So sorry, Danny, and sorry, Karana. You probably heard your name and you were like, what? 
<laughs> what did I do? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really fun word. Pentatonics. Yeah, they're an, they're do an acapella group. Well, I mean, I think it's a playoff penta, which is like five because it's a five group acapella, five person acapella group, and um, okay, like tonics, like you know, We're audio groovy. audio shit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so somebody a linguist Paco's would... got out. He's got out his Jacob Marley chains. Yeah. Check that shit out. Do you have that post-it right next to you? No, I don't. I actually oh my just... God. I remembered on my own. It's I'm a so Christmas proud of miracle. You. Yay. I know. Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it is a literal Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, uh, speaking of tangents... Um, <laughs> I have a small one that, and I'm going to share a picture. Picture. Did I say that correctly? Picture? Yes. <laughs> I'm asking for realsies. Yes, I, I think so. You said the word picture. Okay, right? because I grew up saying it wrong my whole life, thanks to my mother. And now every time I say it, it sounds wrong. Okay. Well, it okay. sounded fine to me. She always said pitcher. Oh, okay. And so, and the same thing. I said volume instead of volume until I was like 35, probably. Mm-hmm. I did not know they were not the same. I knew they weren't the same thing, but I thought they sounded the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, I find myself saying Pepto-Bismo instead of Bismol. I, I have, know, to, I have to think f- about it every time. I know, it sounds better, right? It should that's be Pepto-Bismo. M- more fun. I'm going to go get me some Pepto-Bismo. Yeah. I would take it more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Anyway, anywho. So, um, as you've noticed, I'm sure... I have been spray painting everything. You're welcome for the eyesore spray painting table in the backyard. Um, <laughs> I'm almost done. Last night I counted like, I don't know, nine cans of spray paint in the trash can in the garage. And I thought, I'm going to have to like plant a tree or something. I have, and I need more. I don't understand how I'm using so much, but I'm surprisingly bad at it considering how much spray painting i've been doing um i apparently am too heavy-handed so says the internet because i keep spray painting things and i think i'm doing a thin coat and then it wrinkles which means you put it on too thick oh so i've tried i spray painted a million things but i've also had to sand and do it all over many times (laughs) so that's why I've gone through so much spray paint. Anyway, my patio set is one of the things that was um, in the queue to get sprayed it, spray painted. So I put out a shower curtain we were going to throw away. And I'm like straightening things out. And I step into a like, I don't know, miniature sinkhole. And I do this sort of 
backwards fall roll and I kind of windmill windmill and stop myself with my foot on the patio table Mm -hmm. and then Wolfie came over to save my life (laughs) and licked me everywhere like zero (laughs) chance of getting up anyway so I took a picture of my perspective from where I was stuck once the dog stopped licking me But I was thinking about how this is how I found the topic tonight. So there is actually a point to this tangent. Okay. Some of the holes in the backyard are thanks to the animals. Thanks, dogs. But some are because we live on a landfill. Mm -hmm. And so the ground settles and we get these little divots that just form. I mean, you don't have to dig hardly at all to find stuff. And I recently found something that I had dug out of the backyard and I'm not out there with like a shovel. We're talking a hand spade. So Mm -hmm. I did not dig very deep. It's a fully intact glass bottle, probably from like maybe the thirties. Wow. And I found a milk glass. um, It must've been a medicine container. I'm thinking like for some sort of salve or balm. Mm hmm. But it didn't have the lid. Anyway, I'll post a picture in the show notes of the things I found in the backyard. But I was very disappointed that nobody saw my fall. The upside, or well, the downside is I have a movement disorder, so I'm super clumsy. The upside is if you're clumsy and you fall down a lot, you get really good at it. I'm like a stunt woman. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not saying I'm not going to feel it tomorrow, mm-hmm. but considering the dramatic nature of my fall, oh my God, I have a camera on my backyard. I bet I can get video. Oh, yeah. I hope, oh, I hope it's recorded. That would make my day. I, the thing that bummed me out the most, I was like, nobody, nobody got to see it. That was a good one. Like, when I went mudsliding between the neighbor's yards that one time, I was, I had to change all of my clothes because I slid 14 feet or something in the mud. (laughs) But I was mostly upset that nobody saw it. I was like, that was epic. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. That could have been on that show with Bob Saget. (laughs) Funny some videos. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I got to thinking about finding stuff. So today we're going to talk about creepy finds. And then I stumbled across a find of my own, which was this article that it was extremely interesting about different kinds of forensic science that were used to solve crimes. Hmm. Uh-huh. So, a bit of a hodgepodge, but lots of pictures. Ooh, should I open? Yes, you should. And scroll down to the picture so that you can follow along as okay. I read. Okay, so for the listeners at home, go to creepyclubpodcast.com, look for the meeting minutes for this episode. Episode 88. If you're driving, look at it later. That'd be Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. 
the first one's just cute, but there's also something sort of eerie about old children's things. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I think it's all the horror movies with creepy kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what did it. Anyway, it, this gentleman was uh, swapping out a sink in a house that he was living in, and he finds this letter in the wall. And um, anyway, he shared it on Reddit. So mm-hmm. do you, why don't you read the letter? Hello to whomever finds this. My name is Mike Silva Ja? J? Oh, Junior. Today is my 11th birthday. I am helping my dad put in the sink. Two weeks ago, Bob, uh, I don't know, last name, <laughs> sat on it and pulled it off the wall. When you find. <laughs> When you find this, would you please try and contact me to let me know? Sincerely, Mike Silva Jr. Isn't that hilarious? It didn't say if there was an attempt to find the person. I really hope that they made an effort. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that was fun. I thought, oh, that's a fun kid. He probably snuck off to go write that letter and you know stuffed it in on the sly yeah i would totally do something like that for sure it kind of makes me want to do it in this house i'm reframing a door right now the only reason it's not done is because apparently there's a lumber shortage who knew oh yeah (laughs) yeah so glad it's not urgent anyway okay so the next set of pictures super creepy dude buys a house and is exploring in the attic and finds a hidden crawl space that leads to a locked door when he finally makes his way inside he describes the interior as completely soundproofed draped with a white tarp and a raised area the size of a single bed no surrounded by four outlets and a safe Ew. There was also a briefcase with a wooden box, envelopes, paper currencies from around the world, and four one-ounce silver ingots. There were also several tapes, like video, like home video recorder kind of tapes. Oh, no. And one was labeled, no, 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 no. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> that is so disturbing. Roll- down just a little bit there's a note with it that says save yourself oh my god that is so creepy i would be shaking i would just cry and burn the house down (laughs) that was also a redditor thank you reddit for always being awesome like that some things found in walls just generally i don't have pictures of these things sadly although I'm not sure we want to look at them. Urine and fingernail clippings. Hold on one second. Did the guy... Sorry, I'm going back to the creepy videotapes. Did he... He didn't look at them? Oh. Sorry about that. (laughs) He 
told the police about it. Yeah. And they said, please do not share any more information. And this is a very sensitive case. What? That's all it says. Oh my god. Okay. Right? House of Horrors or something. I hate that. Yeah. I found this other article that was talking about things that are somewhat commonly found in walls. That yeah, like I've razor seen. blades. <laughs> yeah, those are actually very commonly found in walls, but the explanation's rather bland. They used to make right. medicine cabinets with a slot for your razor blade, and I guess the thought was it would take you like a whole ten lifetimes to fill it up right. between the studs. Um, anyway, these are not common to me, but apparently they are found with some some level of frequency. Urine and fingernail clippings. Like in a w- cup? Well, they're called witches bottles, and they were hidden in walls and buried in thresholds of homes. And the bottles would contain urine, hair, nail clippings or red thread and the idea was that if you hide it in the wall it would counteract a witch's curse oh interesting there was one found in greenwich in 2009 that dates back to the 17th century would have been nice if they said greenwich where but whatever um i mean like isn't that in the uk well, that's kind of one of those things like Paris. There's Paris, right. Texas, Paris, Missouri, per- you know. Greenwich is not that uncom. It it just would have been nice if they said where. <laughs> but whatever. Well, I anyway. mean that made that made me think, well, maybe it's a European thing or Yeah, or- I mean if it it dates back to the 17th century, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I just think it's rude they didn't get more specific. Anyway, <laughs> I appreciate that they shared the story. However, researchers were able to f- analyze the urine that was found in the bottle, and they could tell that it had traces of nicotine. It also contained a piece of leather cut into the shape of a heart and pierced with a leather nail. They are unsure of the simula- symbolism, but similar finds of bottles have contained a heart-shaped cloth pierced by brass pins. So there's something there. They just haven't figured it out. There was a 1682 court record that documents a husband who believed his wife to be a witch and thought he should boil believed his wife to be a witch should boil in a pipkin a quart of her urine fingernail clippings and hair so (laughs) they know that that practice goes back at least to 1682 hey honey can i have a quart of your urine no no reason just uh you know well no indoor plumbing so probably not that difficult yeah i guess you're right because people had the bed, the bedpan business going on. True, true. Although, 
gross. Like, who comes up with these lists of things <laughs> when they're making up stuff? They're like, okay, I'm going to make up some shit. How do you get rid of a witch's curse? Quarter. Uh, <laughs> you get a pipkin, which I guess is some sort of bottle. And I know pee. That's what we need. We need pee. Because <laughs> it's from inside the body. Mm-hmm. Okay. A couple other things that have been found in walls. Live children. Uh, okay. Like as in children that aren't dead. Yeah. Two years after <laughs> a little boy disappeared with his mother, six-year-old Richard... Oh, man. This is one of those Slavic ones. This is going to be hard. I don't know. C-H-E-K-E-V-D-I-A. Whatever that says. Was discovered hidden in the walls of his grandmother's home in Illinois. Uh, Whoa. For two years? Yes. Sweet little Ricky disappeared in 2007. His mom and his dad were having a very contentious custody dispute. So Diane Dobbs, grandma, insists that the boy lived most of his life outside the walls of the home, only hiding when necessary. Oh, okay. That's much less drastic than I was thinking. Um, maybe... However, police reports state that the boy had rarely been allowed outside, and a judge found that the boy had been denied access to medical care, education, and contact with his peers. The police found the boy and his mother crouched in a hiding place behind a bedroom dresser. I don't think Grandma's, like, a saint. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I, I, he wasn't in the wall for two years. He was in and out of the walls for two years. Sure. Still not an ideal situation. No, not great. No. 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 I think if I was uh, Diane Dobbs, old grandma there, I think I would have been looking for a a way to finance their escape, not hide them in the walls. Mm Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm me. They're them. You know. Other things found in the walls cats Mm -hmm. cover cover penny's ears (laughs) the practice of hiding cats in walls was an ancient ritual to ward off evil spirits all over the uk mummified cats are frequently toppling out from between the walls of 17th and 18th century buildings one of the most famous instances was in pendle Lancashire, when a mummified cat was discovered in the wall of an ancient cottage, the cottage is presumed to be at, to be the location at which one of England's most famous witch covens met. Mm. Nice! In 1612, 11 men and one woman from the coven were accused of witchcraft and hanged. And by witches, they probably, I don't know prepared food while menstruating or something (laughs) like yeah what do you mean by witch exactly yeah an independent woman who didn't marry probably something like that 
Yeah. One of those spinsters. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next photograph is a very large doll in the rafters of an attic. Oh, is that the next picture? If I put them in the correct order. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a... It says enormous voodoo doll. Is that... There you go. Okay. Okay. Thank you again, Reddit, for your generosity. A Reddit user noticed that there was a foul smell coming from their attic. Oh, no. Attic. And decided investigation was absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. They climbed the attic... Climbed the ladder to the attic and pop it open, and that picture is what they see. Ew. They called it the biggest voodoo doll ever and tried moving it around, but the stuffing made it too heavy to move and it was covered in dust. So, how big is this thing? Because I can't really, I don't get a sense of scale from this picture. It says six or seven feet. Holy shit. So yeah, it doesn't that's scream huge. I don't know that I'm buying the whole voodoo doll business, but that's what dolls... I'm yeah, it doesn't scream voodoo doll to me. It it looks like it just looks like an old doll. <laughs> it's it's um, got hair and let's be honest, ninety-five percent of dolls are creepy. You right. It does it doesn't need to be a voodoo doll. I hold a small exception for Holly Hobby. <laughs> Porcelain dolls are by far the most fucking creepy. Oh my god, yeah. I would take 10 voodoo dolls over a porcelain doll any day. If you were going to rate the creepiness of a clown doll and a porcelain doll, scale of 1 to 5, 1, not creepy at all, 5, kill it with fire where where do you land uh are you saying a clown like a porcelain doll of a clown i'm asking about both individually oh oh well either way the answer is five for both okay i just <laughs> wanted to make i'm just doing a mental health check just gotcha. making sure everything's okay over there all right <laughs> next picture the murder castle <laughs> mm. one of the most notorious places for hidden rooms so sometimes you don't just find stuff in the wall or just a little crawl space with some weird outlets and a safe and whatever sometimes you find whole rooms at the murder castle which is located in Chicago. It was designed oh. by... H.H. Holmes? Correct. Gotcha. The entire building was a hotel, and it ended up being a maze of secret rooms, winding passageways, trap doors, chutes, and a dungeon of acid vats and quicklime. Mm-hmm. During construction, he'd hire workers to build a certain area, then kill them so no one knew what was really being built. That's not nice. No. 
Yeah, I am familiar with the H.H. Holmes story, and I think it would make a really good podcast episode if you're... I agree. I feel like that that's a coin toss for whose territory we're getting in there. I would say it's definitely your territory, but I mean, there is okay. some there is some ghosty stuff, you know, after the fact, but anyway. Okay, next set of pictures labeled Joshua's room. Mm-hmm. Some folks are house hunting and check out a basement and they think that's weird they go into the cellar and they find joshua's room and on the wall is scrawled the rules for joshua's room it's this space underneath the stairs this you know it's just yeah cement the walls no watching isaiah through the hole no writing or drawing on the walls and more scrawlings read stop watching me ew that's creepy they also discovered like little peepholes from joshua's room Mm-hmm. apparently uh joshua spent more time than expected in there i don't i don't think it was a nice experience you don't i mean i'm i'm thinking back to because my grandparents had a house where they like the basement stairs were kind of enclosed like that and then there was like a space under there and i like made my you know clubhouse in there and kept toys in there and stuff like that i don't know that's just what made me that made me think of but those stop watching me thing is really creepy well, I suppose it would depend on how you felt about the space that you were in. Mm-hmm. I had a truly evil babysitter when I was young. Uh, it was before kindergarten. So maybe three or four. And I don't think she liked being a babysitter very much. There was only a few of us, but... To keep us from going into her room, she told us the boogeyman was in there. She's just not uh, qualified for the job so much. <laughs> right. I got in trouble once, and I was small enough that I was eating out of a high chair. Mm-hmm. How old are you when you stop eating in a high chair? Yeah, probably like three or four. So um, she got mad at me because I was playing with my food i mixed my ketchup and mustard together which is a perfectly valid thing to do Mm -hmm. thank you very much (laughs) well this abusive bitch put me in the basement and told said you have to stay here until i come and get you there's witches down there Uh. and shut the door and her basement was creepy as fuck it well from my perspective, from little person perspective, it, it was just, um, the whole basement was like cement gray, little mm-hmm. teeny tiny window. Yeah. Ground level above the washer and dryer, wooden steps painted the same gray the cement in the basement was, and really nothing in there. I just stood at the top of the stairs right next to the door as close as I could. I don't know how long 
this uh, twisted game went on where she kept me in the basement. I don't remember that part, but uh, I did not find that to be an enjoyable experience. I didn't think that was fun. No. I thought she was mean. Mm-hmm. I think that was valid. Yeah. Yeah. That was... I re- talked to, I talked to my mom about that not that long ago, and she, she said she was one of the most popular babysitters in the area. Whoa. Yeah. Lots of, lots of trauma going on in that neighborhood, I guess. Apparently. I'm sure I'm not the only kid with that story. Anyway, I'm... No one be concerned. I'm fine. I go to the basement all the time. It's <laughs> I'm okay. I still think she's a bitch, but I'm okay. Anyway, the mysterious floating feet. What? Exactly. 2007, British Columbia. A young girl takes a nice stroll along the beach and finds a man's sneaker. She gets curious and looks the shoe over, looks inside, and sees the remains of a human foot. Mm. Exactly. Less than a week later, and almost 30 miles away, a couple finds another foot. But it's not a match to the foot that was found before. Oh, no. Both feet are right feet. Oh, no. Five months later, on a nearby nearby island, another foot. Hmm. Also a right foot. Oh. Nine months total, another right shoe's found. Inside a woman's decomposing foot. Oh my god. A total of 11 shoes with feet in them were found over the course of five years. Were they all right feet? No. Oh. Of course people are freaking out. Yeah. Folks are stumped. February 2012, they finally cracked the case. Turns out, there's no serial killer. There's no foul play. No psychopath waiting in the wings. It turns out that the feet are from people who committed suicide jumping into nearby waterway. Oh. And the reason that the limbs separated is because it's just part of the natural process of decomposition and water that things will detach over time. And tennis shoes are lighter and more buoyant, so they usually float. Huh. There were probably more suicides but if they were wearing heavier shoes those shoes would have sunk yeah well that's curious (laughs) 
the psychopath turns out to be the buoyancy that is naturally occurring in sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) And truly one of the strangest forensic cases that the area had ever seen. Yeah. And now they call it the Nike phenomenon because it's happened Uh. in other places. Spain, California, the UK, New Zealand... Isn't yeah. that crazy? That is crazy. On to forensics. I stumbled when I was digging for weird things people found in walls and secret rooms and that sort of thing. I stumbled across this article, which was kind of an adjacent topic. But the thing that really piqued my interest is that it's an engineering and technology website Hmm. and the title of the article is nonfiction forensics weird ways in which real world crimes have been solved and i thought "Ooh, yeah that sounds cool now that's yummy right oh it does have a trigger warning that's some contain details readers may find upsetting i think that's the gross thing i was talking about yeah um I'm going to just read a few from here directly. A peculiar case of a body entombed under a shelf inside a shed was cracked thanks to the composition of concrete. In 2014, Cheshire police received a confession from a man who revealed the location of a hidden body in a bike shed in Ellesmere Port. We looked inside and at the bottom was a concrete block across the back like a white concrete bench. It looked odd, as if it shouldn't be there, Dr. Roberts says. She and her team used drills to excavate the concrete layer by layer, labeling different deposits, such as concrete mixes and stones. We found various items, too. A packet from a knife bought from Asta. I guess that's a store. Some bags, a pair of disposable gloves, a series of clues, almost like a crime story. The team also found a heavily wrapped body along with a hammer. That is a little telling. Yeah. 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 The body definitely seals the deal. That's definitely. Yup. There's a body in there. Anyway, (laughs) the body was carefully removed to the mortuary for analysis where it was found to have severe head injuries. The cause of death was deemed multiple blows to the head. Well, that's just not nice at all. (laughs) A group of individuals who once lived at the property were identified as suspects. However, it was the analysis of the concrete that helped catch them. This is a quote from Dr. Roberts. It looked to me like there were different mixes of concrete within the block, but in order to check whether this theory was correct and could be presented in court, We enlisted the services of a concrete expert and structural engineer to comment on construction. They revealed that a retaining wall had been built and various layers of concrete of different mixes poured on top of the body. Meanwhile, the police investigations found credit card receipts and they showed the suspect had bought the concrete with a card, a schoolboy error, so the concrete could be traced back to Travis Perkins. So it's a suspect. Mm Mm-hmm. While it is impossible for the builder's merchants to match back concrete to the samples from the shed, 
They could say that the different mixes had been made over a period of time, adding to the emerging timeline. It turns out the ringleader had been doing some DIY at home and had dropped some concrete mix on his drive. So we can also match the concrete sample from the tomb to that. The evidence obtained from the concrete used in the crime helped to convict four people, including the landlord of the house. Wow. Yeah, came like a little, that's some good investigative work. Right. A little fleck of concrete. That's really cool. I agree. Okay, this one's a little yucky, but interesting. Like, uh, body farm yucky interesting. <laughs> That's the best thing I can think to compare. So there's your warning. Maggots may be disgusting when they're found devouring compose- decomposing remains, but they are incredible, incredibly helpful in solving some serious crimes. The grisly job of analyzing wriggly larvae and other insects falls to entomologists who can estimate the time of death or depth deposition of a body by looking at the different life cycle of mini beast an entomologist helped dr robert solve a strange case in which someone had tried and failed to dispose of a body in a garden using different methods (laughs) i guess they're really bad at murder (laughs) um her team was confronted with a block of concrete and a grave in a garden Inside, they discovered a burnt, dismembered body that was full of maggots wrapped in bin liners. So, garbage bags, right? Mm-hmm. British for garbage bag. We were able to work out the sequence of events. We knew the dismemberment had taken place before the burning because the bones were burnt in cross-section. And we knew the infestation had taken place after the burning because the maggots weren't burnt. The maggots were sent to an entomologists who said they were in third and star or stage which meant the remains have been lying around for about three weeks before being buried in concrete it gave us a time frame and a sequence of event that the murderer had done to get rid of the remains a winged witness helped crack another case in finland in 2008 when investigators found a stolen car in helsinki They were unable to determine the perpetrator until they noticed a mosquito that had sucked blood inside the vehicle. They sent it to a lab, and lo and behold, the blood belonged to a known suspect. (laughs) That's cool. Talk about some shitty luck, yo. Right. You went down because of a mosquito. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, um... Your uh, confidential informant is a tiny, winged, annoying (laughs) beast. Yeah. Okay, so this one has to do with forensic botanist, which I never really thought about before. Oh, yeah. Right, so they do things like study pollens, plants, trees, aquatic environments, where the presence of microscopic algae like diatoms in the lungs can prove someone died from drowning in a particular body of water. Totally makes sense. Never really thought about it, but Mm -hmm. okay. So botanical evidence can be used to identify clandestine graves by looking at disturbances in the soil and plants. For example, Ian Huntley was convicted of the murders of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman, 
in 2003, in part due to evidence about nettle disturbance and pollen. Do you know what nettle is? Stinging nettle? Yeah. We have it in Missouri. It's real annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of... um. What is I, think it, it, I think it, it grows in my... Like, in between the cracks on my porch. <laughs> it might. It reminds me of if you made arugula really tall and kind yeah. of prickly on the edges. It's yeah, just yeah, one yeah. of those things when you go hiking, it sticks to your pants and you're like, mm-hmm. get the fuck off me. And it's just not pleasant to touch. Anyway, um, at the hearing for the Soham murders... Dr. Patricia Wiltshire, forensic, wow, she's got them all, ecologist, botanist, paleonologist, pollen specialist, and author of Traces, explained that while foliage around the ditch where the girls' bodies were concealed appeared untouched, some stinging nettles had sprouted side shoots, which only happens when they've been trampled. Whoa. Right? I would have never thought about... The direction of plant growth indicating that it had been trampled. Yeah. Mind-blowing. The rate of new growth led her to believe that the plants had been disturbed 13 and a half days earlier, giving the police a better indication of when the girls had been killed. By comparing soil samples from Huntley's car in the ditch, Dr. Wiltshire was also able to prove he had been at the site. Wow. Um, forensic botany has been used in court for about 75 years. It featured one of the trials of the century when carpenter Richard Hauptman was found guilty of the murder of Charles Lindbergh Jr. The 10 month old son of famed aviator Charles Lindbergh, who lived here, mm-hmm. who was abducted from his crib in New Jersey in 1932 and found by the side of a nearby road. Like a Hollywood crime film, this case featured a celebrity ransom note, botched police investigation, and public outcry. The police first investigated the outside of the house, but ignored footprints. Great detective work there. (laughs) Although two impressions in the mud suggested a ladder had been used and a carpenter's chisel was found nearby. Investigators later found a homemade ladder with a broken bottom section. Forest Products Laboratory, Arthur Kohler, analyzed the ladder and determined the type and grain grain of wood used to make the ladder and found it matched a plank from Hotman's attic. Wood comparison showed the two matched the curvature, number, and width of growth rings. Furthermore, four nails precisely matched those those in joist in the attic. While the carpenter's handwriting also played a role in the guilty verdict, it was wood analysis that sealed his fate. Kohler showed the jury that hand plane marks on the ladder matched nicks and grooves of the carpenter's plane, and to top it all, the chisel recovered from the crime scene was the same make and pattern as another in Hotman's set. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I would have never... Like, who... That was a smart detective, mm-hmm. especially considering the initial pass was a fail. How do you miss some footprints? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to read you one more and then 
We're going to wrap it up. Okay. All that glitters is evidence. A warning to those of you who have murder in your heart. Give up your glitter crafts now. <laughs> if you've ever been, I also in no way endorse murder or glorify it. Please don't do that. It's or glitter. Good. I'm just kidding. I like glitter at other people's houses. Is how <laughs> I like glitter. For exactly all the reasons that are in this case. If you've ever been glitter bound, you'll know that the sparkly stuff gets everywhere and it's been used to solve crimes for decades. Perhaps the first time during the Cold War in Germany when the U.S. Army's crime lab used it to solve a sexual assault case. But the investor of that case realized the variety of glitter particles meant they could be useful for solving crimes. The approach was used to solve a nasty crime in 1994 where the mother and her five-year-old daughter were murdered during a burglary. The little girl had been using glitter for art and particles were found near the bodies, bed, and carpets. While the suspect initially walked free, he was rearrested five years later when the same type of glitter was found in his car in an abandoned scrapyard, scrapyard placing him at the scene. Huh. Five years later, still wow. in his car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't want glitter in my house. Mm-hmm. More recently, glitter particles were the deciding factor in a hit-and-run accident. In 2004, an intoxicated wom- woman denied colliding, in, colliding into a car while driving her truck, which resulted in the death of a mother and child. However, her glittery makeup was discovered on the car's airbag. <laughs> I think that's just desserts, personally. Yeah. Yeah. There are quite a few more of these in this article, but I thought it was super interesting that it was on an engineering and technology website. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Engineers like, oh, it's a magazine for engineers and uh, people in tech, I guess. Indeed, that's exactly what it is. Cool. Yeah, that's what I've got for today. All right. Well, that was really interesting. I enjoyed that. Good. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah. We should do a quick time capsule and wrap. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) uh how's covid life on your side of the fence literally um (laughs) well i got a job delivering pizzas for jet's pizza okay and i had to sign a non-disclosure so i cannot give out any trade secrets so don't even ask oh oh (laughs) okay I didn't know it was mm-hmm. serious like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's... They that's... have trade secrets at pizza places? <laughs> Apparently they do. I mean, I... Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. 
Um, other than that, I really don't have much. <laughs> Not Fair. a lot has changed. Yeah, I think I'm in week three of the new contract that I'm working, which um, I'm enjoying quite a bit. I like the people I work with. That's cool. Um, I have a ginormous project that I'm working on. I was telling a colleague earlier today, if normal size projects were dogs, this is a woolly mammoth. Mm. Mm, Yeah. My brain feels real tired. It just all the new information and the industry that I'm working in um, to do this particular research loves acronyms like (laughs) with reckless abandon. (laughs) And I feel like I spend a lot of time searching the company glossary to find out what the hell they're talking about because they're not, you know how you have that rule where if you're going to use an acronym, you have to say what it is the first time and then you can use the acronym after that. Mm -hmm. They don't know about that. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think they know. It has been, um, my brain is very tired The husband's foot is doing well. I looked at his wound and we had thought that he might have had um, a failure. His skin graft may have failed. But I guess I thought that the way that they stitched it on, I thought it was kind of like patching blue jeans. Like, okay, here's some skin. We're going to lay it on top and... We'll just like tack it around the edges and then it'll glue together. I don't know. I'm not a tissueologist, right? Mm-hmm. In my head, that was how that worked. Apparently, it kind of melts into your skin. I guess new cells form on top of your tissue. Mm-hmm. Like they commingle or something. Hmm. Anyway, I looked at it. A couple days after we had the scare and I thought you don't look as deep or as big and it had only been a couple days so that was pretty impressive yeah and weird he was real upset when he thought it failed which is you know normal mm-hmm. I was upset he was upset and uh, because his bandage had shifted and he's not, he wasn't supposed to change it, but then he didn't have a choice. The only other option was to, I don't know, let everything be exposed, which seemed like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think that's, that's going okay. My, Good. uh, I don't know. I think, I think that's all I've got. I've got my, class I'm teaching starts in a few weeks and I have a whole weekend of teacher planning with my co-teacher this weekend. Fun. Yup. There's going to be a lot of post-it notes. (laughs) Whole lot of post-it notes. Oh, and 
thank you to Joshua McFucknugget for your follow-up mail. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Um, yeah, he wrote us to say that McFucknugget would be more appropriate because he's of Scottish, Scottish heritage. Wow, I can't say words. It's getting late. Yeah, and I got, then and I then got had some of that. Uh huh. And then gave a little more info for the murder that he suggested. So, Mister McFucknugget, I guess <laughs> would be more appropriate <laughs> since since we're just acquainted at this point. Thank you, Mister McFucknugget. We mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to all of you who have written in, I will post a photograph on my Instagram, the one that I took from my perspective after I did the epic tumble in the backyard for your amusement. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you haven't seen it, I posted on my Instagram, <laughs> my friend Ashley bought a package of chicken thighs. And when she, it was like the flash frozen kind. And when she pulled it out of the bag, there's a whole fucking chicken foot. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, gross. I thought, I hope you get chicken for free for forever, but without feet. <laughs> no feet chicken. That is, I have seen, um, they call them chicken paws. They sell them at Save a Lot. You can buy chicken feet. And I know that, you know, beyond what people think of for voodoo purposes some folks use them i guess for seasoning i don't think anybody just eats the feet to eat the feet i think it's more of a to get to make bone broth or something like that Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know what you'd be eating on a foot there's no meat it's just some nappy skin anyway that is a real horror show that is chicken feet are not cute When I have my chickens, I love them very much, and I would cover their ears when I would talk about how ugly their feet were. Oh, Well, I mean, sometimes it's true. Sometimes you just have to tell the truth, but... Anyway, I have been awake for, like, I don't know, eight days or something, I feel like. I'm yeah, so it's it's time for us to go. So thank you, Braden Hensy, for intro and outro music. You can find his podcast on YouTube. Uh, if you guys have any stories about shit that you found in your walls, um, hit us up. Tweet us. Oh at my cre- God, yes. <laughs> tweet us at Creepy Club Pod. Email us at Creepy Club Podcast at gmail.com. Um, like us on Facebook.com slash Creepy Club Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Creepy Club Podcast. You can follow me at Risboomba, R I S B O O M B A H. You can follow Heidi. At Creepy Club Heidi, and you can follow um, my cat Penny and my parrot Paco, also known as Jacob Marley, at Penny and Paco on Instagram. Um, yeah, and like, get in touch with us. Tell us anything. Just say hi. Just say, uh, what's up? You know, like, we don't care. Yeah, tell we just want to hear pets from you. Names. So, oh, yeah. hey to um, Esme and Jupiter. And, and your fams. Hi, Nemo. Uh, 
Auntie, Auntie Heidi loves you so much. I had a Zoom call with Jupiter's mama, and she totally came over to the camera. She heard Wolfie, and they were trying to have a Zoom call. It was really cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Dog so, yeah, calls. we love we love correspondence, and we will definitely shout out your pets if you want us to. So get in touch. Um, if you want to see these cre- creepy photos of the stuff found in walls, you can go to creepyclubpodcast.com. Look for the meeting minutes for this episode. And if you like this podcast, please give us five stars on iTunes and review us and subscribe to us and on whatever podcast app that you prefer. And tell your friends. We would love to grow our audience exponentially. I don't know if that's the right word. I'm getting real tired and slap happy. That's that's totally the right word. That was really good for as tired as we are. Um, super, <laughs> super secret sauce. We're having to record a couple days early because of scheduling conflicts. So, mm-hmm. so it's later are- than usual. It's past our bedtime. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. I, I would be... Normally, just binge watching RuPaul's Drag Race at this point in the night. That's never a bad <laughs> idea. I would usually be watching Murder on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. what my husband calls it when I watch TV. Oh, are you watching Murder? <laughs> and then I say, I'm studying. <laughs> Love it. Well, thanks yep. everybody for listening. We hope that you're staying safe and sane, and that we hope you're wearing masks and staying inside and not touching your face and all that jazz. Six and all feet that jazz. apart from strangers, please. Six feet apart. Uh, and <laughs> God. Um. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. That we we hope that you um join us next time. <laughs> I, I feel like I haven't done this before. Uh, there's that thing where you we adjourn meeting adjourned see ya